today with Claire Byrne on RTE Radio 1, sponsored by Cash and Carry Kitchens. At the heart of Irish homes for over 40 years. Cashandcarrykitchens.ie Email todaycb at rte.ie If you remember back to last week, we had a number of discussions on the programme on retrofitting and so many people got in touch telling us about the challenges and the expense of improving the energy rating in their homes. Well, this morning, Irish Rural Link has been telling the Oireachtas Committee on Social Protection and Rural Development that rural and low-income households, they continue to be the most at risk of energy poverty, they must be prioritised for retrofitting grant programmes. Now, the organisation represents almost 600 rural community groups and it's warning Ireland will miss the targets on its national retrofit plan unless changes are made to the rollout of that plan. Well, our reporter Una Kelly has been watching that committee hearing this morning uh, and she's here now. So Una, the committee has been focusing on energy poverty, the fuel allowance and retrofitting rural homes. Yes, this is the third meeting they've had on this topic over the past six weeks or so. Now in January, the committee heard from Vincent de Paul who said calls for help with energy poverty to them increased by 68% between 2021 and 2023 and they also said that home retrofitting should be targeted towards renters as well as homeowners as they can be at greater risk of energy poverty and living in cold and mouldy homes and also appearing at that committee hearing last month were senior management figures from the Sustainable Energy Authority of Ireland they said that 2024 is going to see the largest ever budget for the warmer home scheme and they also gave some figures they say they have more than 18,000 homes on their waiting list with an average of 1,100 applications coming in per month. 18,000 on the waiting list it's extraordinary the demand for this. So today then at the committee as I said you've Irish Rural Link who are telling politicians that energy poverty can particularly affect people who are living in rural households. Exactly they're saying that rural households as well as low income households are more vulnerable to energy poverty due to the very nature of the housing stock in rural areas, especially older housing. If you think uh, if it's a per energy efficient home, you're going to have to spend more on energy there. And they also made the point that rural households tend to have lower disposable income. Figures from the CSO, they also quoted that, showing that uh, it continues to show low income households unable to adequately heat their homes or sometimes going without heat at certain stages during the year. So they said this is where retrofitting comes in and they say it would help lift low-income households out of energy poverty. And I know, Claire, you heard last week that there were 13,000 applications for the full retrofit scheme. Here, Seamus Boland, the CEO of Irish Rural Link, says he believes that figure is quite low given the need. Retrofitting of rural homes. There are still many households with no central heating in their home. According to the 2022 census, uh, this showed over 21,000 households have actually no central heating at all. And there is still a high dependency of peat, including turf, as the main source of heat in homes at almost 68,000 households. This is higher among households if the uh, occupants are over 65, uh, at over 28,000. Almost 7,000 over 65s are living in homes with no central heating or uh, with no heating at all. This should be of grave concern to this committee and should actually require immediate action. We do have on the statistics people uh, who actually die and the cause of death is hypothermia. I think uh, last year it was around uh, 36 if I'm not mistaken. So 
this is how serious this is. IRL welcome the retrofitting program, but believe a more targeted approach is needed if we are to tackle seriously uh, the crisis of, of home heating that is in front of us. In 2023, under the fully funded energy upgrade scheme, 13,983 applications were received. 13,000, that's all. Given the, the scale of the problem, you would expect more. With only 5,898 properties upgraded. Targeting these households as well as the worst performing homes first by prioritizing older homes with a BER rating of E or F or G on the waiting list must begin to happen. OK, so that's Seamus Boland from Irish Rural Link. And Una, the government we know has this grand scheme for retrofitting homes so that they become warmer and more energy efficient. But in a lot of cases, and this is what we've been hearing on the programme, the very people who need it most can't afford to get the work done in the first place. Exactly, Claire. And you'll have heard from Irish Rural Link there saying they welcome the retrofitting grants, but that the low number of fully funded energy schemes concerns them and that there has to be more effort to target the households most at risk of energy poverty. Now, Ireland has one of the highest costs to retrofit a home across the EU. Before you would receive a grant under the SEAI scheme, the average cost people would have to pay up front ranges from around €43,000 for an apartment to around €65,000 for a detached home. Now, Rural Link say even with grants and schemes available, these costs are out of reach for most rural households, given the extent of the work that they'd need to do. Now, in October last year, the government did announce a low-interest home energy upgrade loan that would be available to people who don't have the upfront cash. It is due to become available in the coming weeks but Rural Link says more details are needed such as what the interest rate will be and which lenders will actually participate in the scheme. And one of the key things that they said at the committee today was a call for credit unions to be the key lender in this scheme. They say that low-income households and older people find it harder to access credit from banks so credit unions would better serve these households. Okay, we heard the suggestion from uh, Paul Dean who's a, a, an expert on energy saying that the loan should be linked to the property and not the individual so that when the property is sold the loan goes with it but it's a very long term loan which is an interesting idea but Rural Link raised a number of other barriers this morning to retrofitting and they made more recommendations as well. Yeah, as well as the cost and the lack of access to finance, they say one of the biggest issues is the lack of awareness and understanding of the retrofitting schemes, particularly among people who maybe don't have digital skills or adequate broadband or maybe don't have family and neighbours nearby to help them. So they're recommending awareness raising roadshows around the country so people can get their questions answered. Also, physical one-stop clinics that could be held in post offices or GAA clubs or community centres so that people who have some trouble accessing information online can actually go and talk to someone in person. Now Rural Link had already proposed a community energy outreach programme to the government similar to what they've done before. They want to work with local authorities to give clear and concise information to some vulnerable groups. Cahill Boland from Irish Rural Link told the committee that a couple of years before COVID they had already been holding meetings about retrofitting in rural areas and the meetings were jam-packed. We did a number of those roadshows that time supported by SEAI, and, but unfortunately that support went away because we are a voluntary organisation and we only depend on the support we can get. We believe that programme should still be in operation. We believe that the only way to reach people is not through the internet, is not through the emails, it's through physical 
actual meetings held in places. That was Seamus Boland there. And the other major barrier that they mentioned, which we've been hearing so much about, is the actual lack of tradespeople that slows down the number of retrofits that can actually be done. So they're recommending more training opportunities for tradespeople and also looking at how migrants could be retrained or have their qualifications recognised more quickly. And Irish Rural Link is warning that if these barriers to retrofitting aren't fixed now, then the targets for the national retrofit plan will be missed and rural households will continue to to experience energy poverty. Okay, so the committee then uh, who listened to Seamus Boland this morning, who else did they hear from? They heard from a group called Energy Cloud Ireland. They're a not-for-profit social enterprise and they're designed to, to help tackle energy poverty by using surplus renewable energy. So their aim is to create solutions that use that surplus renewable energy, which would otherwise be wasted, and they redirect it to homes that are experiencing fuel poverty. And the TDs described those solutions as uh, ingenious and creative. There was a lot of enthusiasm for what they're doing. Now, the standout figure from the evidence that Energy Cloud gave is that in the first 10 months of last year, more than a quarter of a billion euros worth of wind energy was wasted in Ireland. They say that would have filled approximately 240 million tanks of hot water. Now, last year, families in Clued Housing, which is an approved housing body, they're part of the Energy Cloud scheme. They were able to receive a free tank of hot water on 115 separate nights. There's 75,000 homes now, uh, now registered with Energy Cloud. And here Cahill Lee from the organisation explains how it works. The installation process on the immersion switch, for example, is an hour. Um, it, is in a, you know, it, is, it is a very simple process. It will be managed by Cluid or the Housing Association. It's a straightforward, it's a, regula- re- a registered install- installation. The key thing in terms of the information is that that device then can communicate with Airgrid and Airgrid can communicate with that device. And that is the key functionality because last night as John mentioned as the curtailment signal kicked in last night at three o'clock or just before three o'clock last night residents in 18 counties across Ireland um, their tanks were heated up while they slept it was a completely automated system and this morning they would have seen that their tank was full and they got a text message to confirm that the key thing on that is that information flows between the retail it stays within the, the retailer and the resident um, transaction. Energy Cloud merely enables that process to take place. And at the end of every month, um, the retailers in question, uh, Prepay Power, Borgosh Energy and SSE Electricity, who are participating at the moment, they put the credit back on the residence bill or on the prepayment meter as applicable based on the usage for those nights. And that was Cahal Lee there from Energy Cloud who was speaking this morning at that Oireachtas Committee on Social Protection and Rural Development hearing all about the challenges when it comes to retrofitting. And thank you to our listeners for getting in touch on this. Ian says, If like me you're in your 70s, you have an adequate income making you ineligible for the warmer home scheme and you want to do a full retrofit, you are stuck. You don't have the cash up front. You don't want to take on a bank loan, even if you could get one, because you don't know how long you live. Ian says the idea of attaching a loan to a property over the lifetime of that property, say 50 to 100 years, with the responsibility for the repayments attaching to the owner and moving with the house to a new owner seems like an excellent idea 
This is going back to Paul Dean's suggestion that we had here on the programme. Ian says this would be readily affordable in the same range as your local property tax payments and it would certainly suit people like me and just about everyone else, I would think. Why can't we do this, says Ian? Well, it's certainly in the ether now, Ian, as a suggestion. But then, you know, you still have the problem of the backlog and the 18,000 people who are waiting to have this done. And on the backlog, another listener says, I'm on a pension. I'm living in the country. I applied last year but they told me it would be two years before they could send out an assessor. So even to get the process started, that person was told it would take two years. Another, my 86-year-old mother living in Wexford was accepted onto the retrofit list and was approved. She was given six months to make her decision to go ahead or not. Because of the build of the house, she has uh, her house requires internal insulation, which will involve the removal of built-in wardrobes and kitchen units, etc. So she's expected to get all of that done herself, have it all replaced herself. It's something she can't afford or even contemplate organising at the age of 86. So she had to say she wouldn't go ahead and is now ineligible for any retrofit in the future. That's interesting. So because she said no, she's out in the future as well. Well, I suppose maybe if you're looking at the at the waiting list, that's where they have to move to. But it does seem very unfair and a huge ask of anybody to do all of that work beforehand. I want to go back to that conversation we had right at the top of the programme about the Dublin Metrolink. We had a conversation between Colin McCarthy, the economist, who says that the cost of this, he feels, is going to go far beyond the 9.5 billion which is being uh, touted at the moment and he also wonders whether it will carry the number of people that we're told it will carry and whether we even need it. And Duncan Smith, the Labour Party TD, was strongly of the view that it's absolutely essential. So lots of uh, messages coming in on this as well. Perhaps a rail line could run up the centre of the M50 with links off each major road all connecting with the centre of Ireland. Well now, if we're having this conversation around the Dublin Metro, I don't know how far away we are from that. How about sorting existing buses out before we talk about a metro to the air? airport. My daughter is a nurse. No bus starts till half eight on a Saturday, half nine on Sundays. We're in South County Dublin. It's crazy stuff. And then having to pay 30 each way for a taxi, 30 euro each way because we have no other options. 51551 will be joined by consultant dermatologist Dr. Rosemary Coleman after this. Text 51551 today with Claire Byrne on RTE Radio 1.